This week on Queensland Corridor Footy Podcast, the guys speak to Anne Cornish, president of the Palm Beach Currumbin Football Club. Also, the canteen at Redlands gets a visit from the canteen connoisseur. Enjoy. This is a Podfire production. And here we are with episode 8 of Queensland Corridor Footy Podcast. This week I have a very special guest, not really, he's back. Brendo is back, he's had a trip to Melbourne. Welcome back, mate. Hi Rob, good to be here. How was Melbourne? Oh, it was fantastic. We had uh, a few days of nice sunshine, a bit of rain as well, and got to some footy, it was fantastic. That sounds exactly like the perfect trip to Melbourne, doesn't it? Indeed. Mate, what was your eye-catcher of this week? We had a big round of Anzac weekend football in the QAFL. What was your eye-catcher? So my eye-catcher was up at the Redland Victoria Point Football Club, um, and thank you to the club for their hospitality. Uh, they granted me some access to their rooms, and I must say it was quite a moving experience. Uh, they had Doug Baird in, uh, who's the father of Cameron Baird, who um, sadly was um, killed in Afghanistan in active duty. He's been awarded the VC medal posthumously, and... Doug spoke uh, from the heart and he spoke about um, courage, he spoke about positive attitudes, you know, he spoke about some of his son's um, um, exploits in, in, in war-torn areas and, and how they overcame obstacles and so forth. And he also spoke about teamwork and it was fantastic. It was just unbelievable. Um, pin drop stuff, uh, it, was, it was just... It was. I, I was actually. It was quite moving. The under 16s were in. All the Redland boys were there, um, and it was just a great event. So, and I, I really do thank the Nick and the Redland Footy Club for giving me access to that. Yeah, look, it um, reminds us that the small things that might go wrong for us on a day-to-day basis really are nothing compared to what um, some people do for the for the country, um, absolutely thanklessly, and you know, giving his life for that. So. Now look, that's a, an amazing eye catcher. I'm going to go along the same lines. I think to keep it, um, keep it there, because I was at the same game and the Anzac service that they did, the um, the reading of the ode in the last post before the game was, and the playing of the national anthem was just fantastic. Um, well done to Red, well done to both teams, obviously, but the Redlands reserve stayed out in the field and um, were part of that ceremony as well. And the bugler was just absolutely fantastic. I actually had a chat to him after the game. He was a bit disappointed. Um, he thought that he could have bugled a bit better, but I tell you, I thought it was absolutely amazing. Um, and it's just so authentic. So that was my eye catcher of the week. <laughs> All right, let's have a quick look at the AFL, Brendo. There was only one game with Queensland teams yes, this week. Yes, so obviously uh, the Q clash last night, healthy crowd. Yep, very, very. I didn't hear the final number. It was about fifteen thousand, but 15, it de- definitely a healthy crowd. In, in look, it in was place. A, it was a good crowd. It was um, they were in early, um, and there was certainly a bit of atmosphere, and it was probably one of the better crowds that I've been at for a Q clash. I'd say. Yeah, no doubt about that. So the final score: Brisbane Lions twenty-one six one three two defeated the Suns eleven fourteen eighty. What were your thoughts on the game, Rob? We spoke about it last night after the game, and um, the Suns. The Suns are showing that they're improving. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Um, I think you jotted down some stats before. What were they about the clearances and oh, things look, like that? So yeah, so look, there's no doubt about it that the Suns cracked in and and you know it was a, a strong effort. Contested possessions were pretty well even. 
you know, a sign that they were committed for the cause. Um, they, the Suns actually won the clearances 51 to 44 and the inside 50s 57 to 53. So you probably couldn't fault the effort. Uh, yep. No doubt the, the line's just Is a little bit clean going. I was going to use the word polished. Yeah, exactly, exactly what you said. And it just felt like the Suns would work very hard for a goal and then the Lions would just bang on two real quick. Yes. Um, Zach Bailey, amazing effort, wasn't it? Look, six goals by anyone's a great effort in modern footy, but you know, in particular from probably you'd call a medium-sized player rather yeah. than a tall. So, no doubt, and he was just clinical, wasn't he? He was, and he he loves it too, which he shows that passion every time he kicks a goal. It's um, yeah, and he's got sixteen goals this year in five games. Yeah, you know, yeah. when we're talking elite, when we talk small forwards, he's only four goals behind the current leader in the Coleman Medal. So, he's playing wonderful footy, Jared Lyons. I think was probably the most influential player on the field. Um, Jared Lyons was just amazing. 13 clearances, 30 possessions. Um, and then for the Suns, for me, it was my first look at Rao playing a really good game, I thought. And um, I think he had 13 was He 13 had 13 clearances, clearances himself. He and had 24 possessions, I think, for Rao. And he, he, but his possessions, he doesn't get the easy ones. Yeah. And he actually copped a, cops a little bit. And I, I noticed uh, Stuart Jew sort of probably was uh, a little bit defensive on that. Know, people actually uh, saying that he doesn't get enough easy possessions. He just goes in always <laughs> for the hard possessions. It's, it's so like he can't win sometimes, can you? Someone's got to get the hard ones so that others can get the easy ones. Uh, no, he was he was fantastic. But a, a good day put on by the Suns as well. They had a great Anzac, Anzac service at the start. And, um, you know, I guess the Lions probably did what they should do yeah. to a younger team like the Suns. And the Suns showed enough to, I think, keep people a little bit interested in what they're going to be doing for the rest of the season. Yeah, unfortunately, the game, you never felt the Suns were going to come back over the top, but there was a key moment in play in the second quarter when the Suns had surged just a little bit. Young Alex Davies had a shot at goal, um, unfortunately missed from probably 30 yep. metres out directly were, in front. And they the were ball 14 points behind at that stage. Yes, yep. and then the ball just rebounded straight up the other end for a goal. So I, I thought that was probably the moment when the you know, the genuine opportunity of the Suns to win yep. the game probably evaporated. But, you know, Holman and Casbolt, look, they're both workmanlike, but but got it done with three each. Um, and I noticed that Cameron kicked four goals, but, you know, probably got on the end of a couple. Yeah. Um, um, what a difference a year makes, though, with goal kicking for the Lions. Last year they were languishing, I think, 17th on goal accuracy. And this year, I think, before the last round, they were sitting fourth. And now kicking 21 goals, six, just in those conditions. And two of those hit the post. Cam Rayner would be a bit disappointed. He could have had three goals as well. And what was probably one of his best, well, definitely his best games since he came back. Yeah, and there was one moment in the game where Rayner got the, got the ball amongst a couple of Suns players and basically did the big don't argue. And it almost looked like the big under-14 kid against yeah. the smaller kids and kicked a goal. So that sort of typified the game a little bit as well. Absolutely. All right, our next segment. Now, Bruno, I don't know which one you want to start with. Do we want to go with the Academy Games first or the VFL first? Well, let's go with the Academy. All right, let's do that then. Brisbane Lions, 9-10-64, defeating the Eastern Rangers, 9-9-63. Uh, Tristan Meekin kicked three goals. Jasper Fletcher in, a, in amongst the uh, possessions again with 18 possessions and two goals. Um, a game that was close all the way, but Brisbane in the second half just had their nose in front for most of the game. I didn't get to see this one. Um, I had some Sunday duties and um, couldn't find the replay of the stream, to be fair. Um, but I know you got a few other stats from the game as well. Yeah, so 
Bailey Tome had 25 and uh, Max Nelson had 21 possessions. So, look, it's a good effort by uh, Brisbane to uh, defeat the Eastern Rangers. So, mm. uh, well done to them. I didn't get to see the game either, to be honest. I couldn't find a stream on it. So, oh, you maybe, might be, you maybe might be I was looking for nothing. <laughs> Damn it, again. And likewise, the Suns, 10-9-69, defeated the Western Jets, 8-13-61. Again, I was unable to find a stream on this one, um, but I have spoken to a few people about the game. So, um, obviously, a a very encouraging uh, performance. Probably best of field honours shared with um, Jai Lockett, who continues great form. He had 28 possessions and a couple of goals, and... um, Bryn Little was was a, um, a strength down back, so he's he's had a good carnival. So um, I'm sure a couple of recruiters will be looking at him, and good to see Marlon Corbett um, and Griffiths and Eckersley and Rogers all have uh, mid twenties possession. So and Cody Harrington kicked three goals. Yeah, and look, Cody uh, kicked two goals, two very smart goals, very early in the game, which got him going. So. Um, you know, he, he probably had his best game of the NAB, the three-game NAB series, so yep. um, people will be watching him for sure as Good well. Good to see a couple of wins for the Queensland teams there. The under-18s women's are playing in the national championships. They had their third round, and Queensland 4-7-31 defeated Big Country 2-8-20, which is a really good result, a solid result. Um, they played at Werribee. Now, again, there was no stream of this one I could find either, but Ella Smith was a standout from the reports I saw. Uh, had 22 disposals, six clearances, and she's part of the Brisbane Lions Academy. So um, that's probably a good sign for the Lions coming into a season that will be on, uh, upon us before we know. Yeah, and nice to see three wins by our up-and-coming talent. Three wins is absolutely brilliant. Let's look at. Let's just switch over to the VFL now. We'll go with Brisbane first. 11-18-84, defeating Port Melbourne 6-9-45. Played out at the Moreton Bay Sports Complex. Um, I watched this game in full... Um, yesterday, and it was the conditions were really, really difficult. That ground seems to, if it's a light breeze, it's a gale there. Um, but Brisbane, it, the game was never in doubt. They they shot out to an early lead, and um, pretty much, I think they took their foot off the pedal a little bit in the second half. They could have won it probably by more, but um, you know, a thirty-nine point win. Reese Matheson dominated again. He he doesn't stop getting the ball in the, at reserve grade level or VFL level. Tunstall kicked three goals, showing a heap. Blake Coleman, I'm not sure where he is fitness-wise. He doesn't look as fit as he has been in the past, but three goals, he's just got a lot of skill. So um, it was a really solid performance. Darcy Wilmot playing off half-back as well. There's reason to be excited for, for Darcy Wilmot. And good to see Carter Michael as well, obviously recruited from Marichidor. Yep. Uh, 25 possessions, left footer, uses it smartly. And he used it really well coming out of defence yesterday too. So I don't know how close he would be to a senior spot at the moment, but he's developing really well. Um, obviously the seniors had an injury with Kai Lohman. Um, he'll need to be replaced. But um, Nakia Cockatoo played well and um, Jackson Pryor, Sharp, Dev Robertson, they're all probably... They're probably a touch in, ahead of him. Yeah, but they're a touch ahead of him, but he's going the right way. No which doubt. Is, which is really good. The other game was an absolute ripper. Southport 13-11-89 defeating Footscray. It's great saying that word. 12-12-84. Um, now, I know you watched a lot of this game. I've seen the highlights of the game. Yeah, so the, the, the day started with Southport's flight being cancelled. Oh, you're kidding. No. So, uh, so they were due to start at 3 p.m., in the end, they managed to get Southport down 
uh, into Victoria at, I think, around 4 o'clock. And they um, postponed the game, obviously, to 7.30 at night. I so noticed that the when I watched the highlights, that it was under lights. And I thought, oh, it's just another typical Victorian cold, wet day. <laughs> no, so, so that actually does probably bring some more merit into uh, the win. You sort of you, you can look at the scores and look at this and, and not actually understand the backstory. Yep. And, and no doubt, because the players would have had to get up you know, really early for their flight. Yep, prepare for all that. And then all of a sudden they're playing at night time when they've had to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning for a flight that's then been cancelled. So that, that probably explains, it, because if I'm honest, Southport were, were off a yep. bit for a lot of the game. They're pretty sloppy, um, quite a few turnovers, and you know I, I was getting a bit frustrated watching it, to be perfectly honest with you. And it, it really looked like they were down the barrel. But I must say, um, you know, credit to the players that sort of never gave up. And then, look, I think Footscray probably ran out of legs towards the end, and the stronger, more mature bodies of Southport ended up coming yep. through. And, and a clutch goal to Tom Fields right at the end. How good was it, running through the 50? Beautiful goal. Yeah, terrific goal. And look, they were 22 points down at one stage in the final quarter. And they kicked, you know, I think three goals in the last three or four minutes. It was at the 24-minute mark, they were 14 points behind. And they ended up kicking three goals after that. And I think, yeah, that's a crazy good effort. We've got to, we've got to so say... Sorry? So, best players. So, Fraser Thurlow, look, shout out to him. Um, he was just... He did a mountain of work in the ruck because he basically rucked largely single-handedly as, as Braden Crosley was um, uh, suspended from previous week, yep. as was Jacob Townsend. And, you know, Southport during the week had, you know, the added um, concern of a few um, sightings from uh, the match review panel the week now, before. Did they come... They came really late because yeah. we didn't know about them when we did our podcast last week, did Yeah, we? so they, they came along on Tuesday. So, um, you know, Southport were probably a little disappointed um, with that. but And, they you know, they lost one or two players, but quite a few players got off the charges there. So um, but so that adds merit to the win. And Zach Foote, actually watched him, he looked pretty classy out there. Yep. And, and Reese Clark had his best game for the season. And, and um, Dawson had 35 possessions and was a good player as well. Absolutely. You know, we've got a So Southport, obviously, we're missing a couple of their really um, strong players in, in Townsend and Crosley. We've got to say that Footscray are missing a few players as well because, obviously, their senior team's been ravaged with injury. So um, it probably wasn't the, the fullest of full-strength teams. But that is a quality win against a good opposition for Southport and really shows where they're at. Yeah, and just the fighting spirit at the end, uh, Coach Daniels would be um, thrilled with, I'm sure. Because, as I said, probably for three and a half quarters, it wasn't their best performance. Now, that gives us... We had five games from the Queensland teams there. Is that five from five? That's five from five. I've been waiting to use that button for eight weeks. So, we got to use it there. So, that's good. No, congratulations to those teams. All right, so earlier today, Brendo, we had a, an absolute pleasure to have a phone call with um, one of the club presidents of the QAFL. Yeah, Anne Cornish joined us from Palm Beach Crumbin and uh, she spoke really well. Let's get into that, uh, that session now. Well, today we have a very special guest on the line, Brendan, and it's um, an absolute pleasure to have the president of the Palm Beach Crumbin Football Club, which is Anne Cornish. She's been president for 13 years. Good morning, Anne. How are you? Good morning. Morning, Brendan and Rob. Good morning, Anne. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, pleasure. So, 
Just, uh, you know, as Matt, Rob mentioned, you've been in the game for 13 years now. How Can you give us a bit of a rundown of your history perhaps prior to then, how you became the president of the Palm Beach Crumb and Footy Club? Well, we're Melbourneites, as a lot of people are on the Gold Coast, and um, came up from Melbourne and was actually involved at a um, footy club down in, in Victoria, um, Melton South, and um, had a bit of a stint of an acting president there because I was the vice president for a little while when my husband was playing. And then came up here, and the best way to meet people when you move into state is to join a footy club. So we obviously did. My son at the time was only about eight, I think. And um, we joined the junior footy club and met some great people and just got involved from there. Then realised that the senior club was where my son was going to go um, and thought, well, you know, I need to get involved now sort of thing because I was involved at the junior level. So I thought I'll get involved, and I got involved straight away. We became the secretary and then the president within a couple of years. So that was really good. That was that was my that's how I got involved. So your son, he's playing still at the club now. He is, yes. He's back this year. He's done a few stints in Victoria yep. to get the experience, the Victorian experience, and he was at Southport for a little while. But yeah, now he's back at Palmy this year. Excellent. That must make um, the president very happy. It do, it is it is it does actually it's it's really good. But um, it's hard too when your son's playing somewhere else and you're still the president. You've still got to go by and do your duties. You can't just sort of nick off all the time and do whatever you want. So, yeah. yeah so, hard. so I didn't, start, didn't see him play all the time. Yeah, he's a very good player too, Tyler. Um, so we'll probably talk a bit, a bit more about that afterwards. Just uh, getting back to your role as president, um, you know, 13 years in the job. You know, yep. I've, I've been involved in footy clubs and I know it's a pretty all-encompassing job. Uh could you just give our <laughs> listeners some sort of insight? I know it's hard to sort of list all the things you get up to, but some of the you know main things day to day that that you sort of have to keep abreast of and and make sure happen in a footy club. So not not wanting to put anyone off wanting to be a president or involved in a footy club, but it is very time consuming. Um, to be quite honest with you, it's probably at least thirty hours a week of my time. Um, that includes game day, obviously, and I go down to training just to make sure everything's okay. But on what people don't see is all the other stuff that you do, all the administration work, and um, obviously you need to be involved. Well, I'm involved in um, when they do match review panels and tribunals and those sorts of things. So that takes up Monday. It's a, a probably a good chunk. Sometimes, not all the time, obviously, but some days on a Monday it could be about four or five hours of my time. You'll have to tell um, the players to behave better on the field. Well, I do, certainly <laughs> do, and I don't worry. I do tell them I haven't got time this Monday to deal with any of this stuff. Um, but you, you, you just do because your job is to support the players, obviously, and, and well, as long as they haven't done anything too bad. But you're there to get the best result you can for them, sort of thing. So that's that's probably my Monday. Um, and I also pay all the players. Um, we have uh, we have had multiple treasurers over the years, but consistently, I've, my name's been on the bank account, so it just seems to be easier for me to to do it. Yep. So that takes time. Um, then Tuesday's probably a good day, except for training. Then probably Thursday it all starts up again with team sheets, getting people cleared. Um, oh, you know, you've got player welfare. Um, you can sometimes be a bank. You've got players <laughs> that sometimes that you know they they oh can I have my match payments early or can you help me out or um, those sorts of things. So yeah. I do a lot of that. You like a counsellor as well for the players? Yeah, a bit of I'm everything actually everything. Their mother, have them around for dinner. <laughs> um, I've had them live with us. So um, my husband and I. When we had it, we've moved now, but we had a bigger house. We've had multiple footballers that have come into state that have stayed with us um, for various time time periods, up to you know, some of them up to three or four years. So 
And no um, doubt you help, you help them with employment and, and all those sort of things as well? We do. We do. We absolutely do. Yeah, we um, try and help them and get them involved well, wherever we can. We utilise all the people around the club that we know that we can maybe help out. We get lots of tradies, so, um, which is not my um, background in what I do in my work. Um, but we had Jack Anthony work for us at one stage with me directly um, to help him out as well. So that was good. And um, yeah, but we, we, yeah, so it's just a jack of all trades. Yeah, and obviously, everything. Obviously, you know, the challenge at community footy level, and I guess at all levels of footy, is is probably raising the money to make it all happen. So how do you sort of That's go the about that? Biggest job, biggest job. So we've got. Um, I, I, I tried, I must admit, there was a couple of years there where I probably would have given it away because I was everything, as I said, the treasurer, the sponsorship person, the fundraiser. Um, there was only about three of us doing sort of on the committee, but we've now got a great committee, which is great. The last five years has been really good. Um, so there's about a team of four or five that go out and look up, at, like follow up on the locals to get sponsorship. And we try and entertain them. We try and do the right thing. We do advertising for them. We put signs up. Um, yeah, it's it's a hard, it's a full time job. That the sponsorship side is really hard. Uh, we used to have, I don't know if anyone, if you're aware, but the Palm Beach Crumbin Sports Club is aligned. We're aligned with the sports club, yep. and up until about three years ago, they were a, a donator, a, ma- a major donator to the club. Um, we probably sat on our laurels a little bit and relied on their money, and then due to COVID and um, the M1 taking over the car park and that sort of thing, that business is sort of died away, I'll be quite honest, and they're really struggling to stay alive. So we no longer can rely on that large donation. So that's made it even harder over the last three years to survive. It does make it very hard in those situations and you've got to find those new income sources, I guess. Is there anything coming up that we can give a little bit of a plug to? We've got a backward raffle on this Saturday, which is, um, if you know, a backward raffle, last man standing, basically, where that means the last person in gets their money or they can share with the last three or however they want to do it. So we've got that happening this Saturday and then we've got the next thing is the Ladies' Day, which is a very popular day. Um, I started that about 13 years ago and I think there were six of us yep. and now we get 115. So wow. it's it's increased dramatically over the years. So it's, a, it's a major day. It's a major fundraiser for the club. And when is that one on? Do you know the date? The 20, 21st of May, Saturday the 21st of May. Okay. Well, and we always pick a charity as well. So we try and nice. donate a part of the, the ticket money to a charity. So we've done breast cancer the last couple of years. Oh, that's nice. Um, we'll, we'll find that info yeah. and we'll put it on our Facebook page as well and give it a, yeah, give it a bit of a plug and, and get a couple of extra people along. That would be fantastic. That'd be great. $70, you get not, all your uh, two-course meals, all your drinks for three hours, entertainment, the whole lot. So And a good game of footy. And a game of footy, absolutely. At the best best place possible, the, the <laughs> top balcony at the sports club where you've got the best views. So you're, you're a salesman. You're definitely doing a good job there. <laughs> hey, look, and one thing that interests me, especially at community football level, I haven't heard of any other female presidents. Um, are there any no. others around? Or No, there's not. Not at the moment. There has been, I think, two years. The first year of COVID, I think it might have been, there was another lady at Mount Gravatt, and I was really, I really welcomed her. But unfortunately, she didn't even see the year out. Oh, no. Um, for, for, for personal reasons. I don't yep. think it was for any other reasons. Personal reasons. Yep. So she um, didn't take. So, yeah, I've been the only female president, basically, for that whole time. And I must admit, the, the male presidents are amazing. They're very respectful. I have never felt out of sorts. Um, I'm not one to feel out of sorts. I'm ne- I've never been <laughs> backward and coming forward. Um, so I can hold my own. But they've always been really respectful. And um, I've probably got some credibility now amongst that group, well, to which be is a, really good. To be a president for 13 years, um, if that doesn't give you credibility, yeah. I don't know what does. 
And I suppose a successful club, I've got lots of presidents that envy my position. I've been very fortunate. I've had three premierships in my time and I think I've only not been in the grand final from a senior level, I mean. Yep. I think I'm out of 13 years, four times. So I've been there nine years. That's pretty impressive. Yes, very impressive yeah. indeed. Any club would love to have that kind of record. What about the game yes. on Saturday? How I know it was a big win yeah, against Mount You must be pretty yeah, happy. Yeah, good, a really good, solid win. Gave us some. Um, actually, we believe we've got a record going at the moment. We've mm. got the three teams, twelve for twelve. Uh, so twelve wins out of the three rounds. So each team's not lost yet. So our Colts, our reserves, and our seniors have all won every game. So, so we um, haven't they, had a loss yet. Are they all sitting on top of the ladder? Because I know you guys in the seniors are. I know we are. We're sitting on top of the ladder. I'm not sure about the other two, I'll well, be honest. It'd be pretty um, close anyway. Yeah, so obviously... They should be. Well, if, if, we're the, if we're the only ones that have won three and three and three, we should be, shouldn't yeah. we? Fantastic yeah. effort. Yeah, really good. So things good are good just... juniors coming up. Really good juniors. Things are rolling really well then. We are, yeah. I mean, obviously, we've been very fortunate having, um, like I said, Tyler and Tommy Tyler, Tyler Cornish and Tommy Tyne came back this year from playing down in Victoria. They're a great, great midfield. Um, and then, obviously, we had um, the lovely Liam Jones walking off the street and wanting to play with us. So that's a bonus. So did he contact you guys, or did you go knocking? No, on his he door? contact. They contacted us. Yeah, his manager contacted us. So that must have been moved around, of... moved around the area. You're quite surprised. Yeah, I was. It would be a big <laughs> shock that. Hang on, I was sitting in the car and I got the phone call from the manager, and I must admit, I nearly had to pull over. I was like, "You're kidding me, are you?" I was thinking, "This is I'm being pranked here." Yeah, I would have thought What's I would be pranked. On? Yeah, absolutely, yep. would have thought that. But he's been <laughs> good around the club. Amazing, humble, amazing player. Um, you would never know where his background is, as in he has no no traits or personality traits that demonstrates that he's ever played AFL football at that level and been, you know, good. Yep. He's really great with the kids. He's great around the club. He's amazing. And he's also assistant coach as well, so for the seniors. And, and, and goes all right, help. obviously. And goes all right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> must, it must, I mean, because, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he would be, would have been playing AFL senior footy if it wasn't for circumstances that, Correct. Uh, that arose. So Correct. It must yep, be great. But I don't... Mate, I think he made the decision. When he's made the decision, I think he's very committed to it. I mean, I know there, there's been talk about there, there could be changes and there could be this and there could be that. I just don't. I personally don't think he's interested. I think he's quite happy where he is at the moment. And as as, Palm, as for Palm Beach Crumb, and it's you know make the most of it while you've got this opportunity, whether it be one year, yep. two years, or forever, it doesn't matter, does it? That's correct. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, right. And thank you so much for your time. Um, we really appreciate it because we've been trying to get a bit of a cross-section of people within the footy clubs involved. We've had a couple of coaches, some football managers. Um, last week we had a Division 4 player. So, yep. you know, it's, um, yep. it's really great to see the passion that is involved in the people behind local footy. And um, 13 years as president is something that we thought should be celebrated. And um, we really appreciate your time. And, Anne, no doubt you're well-respected in the Queensland footy community with your passion and your hard work. So congratulations well, to I you. Well, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. I think so. I've got a good relationship with AFLQ and, and a lot, as I said, with the other presidents. So, um, yeah, it's good. It's good. I, I love it. I really do. Really enjoy it. Excellent. Well, big game on Saturday. I think it's Labrador, is it? Huge game on Saturday. Yeah, this will be a real test for probably both clubs, but especially us. Um, Labrador will probably be the favourites, I would imagine. But, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Well, there's some good news for you. We have a tipping competition on here. And um, when I have a guest from a club on there, I tip their club without question. So <laughs> if you could um, – and I'm slightly – when I say slightly, I'm way behind Brendo in the uh, footy tips. So if you could please um, – you know, I don't know if the president 
president does a G up talk or anything like that, but just you know, make sure they know that I need it. I need to grab one back. Get them going. Yeah, no problem at all. No oh. problem at all. Don't worry, we want it. Don't worry, we, we, we yeah, we really want it. And we just, really want this week. Just before you go, Brendan is very he, he's very well measured with all these things on the podcast and everything like that. I'm a little bit off center. So I've got one last question before you go. Have you ever sure. ed- met Eddie Maguire? Because he's a club president as well. No. And you know what? <laughs> You're going to laugh at this, but I'm actually a Collingwood supporter. Oh, I no. Do, I'm a Collingwood supporter. And I, he's, he's one of my heroes. Oh, no. Um, Brendan, can you hear the line dropping out about now? <laughs> 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 well, there you go. Maybe one day, Eddie, Eddie, look, you know, when this podcast takes over the world, we'll make sure that Eddie Maguire comes up and watches a Palm Beach game for you. That would be an absolute pleasure, and, tell, and let Eddie know. I'll look up. We'll look after him. Excellent. And thanks again. We'll um, thanks, guys. Catch up with you again. Thanks, pleasure. Sam. Cheers. Bye. bye. You will. Thanks very much. Bye bye. How passionate is she? Yeah, Anne's great. She loves it, doesn't she? And she sold the club well there. Get along to that Women's Day on the twenty-first of May. I think she said it was. So um, we'll put that up onto our Facebook page as well. Um, full round of QAFL this week. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll go through the games. Let's go through them. Uh, Labrador or surface seven ten fifty two lost to Labrador fifteen six ninety six. Yep. Alex Mitchell, you know, turn back the clock a bit. Yeah. Uh, kick three. Uh, Bryce Ratzlaff kicked three for Labrador. So um, you know probably went as expected to a large extent. Yep. Um, so Labrador will be happy to get the chocolates, and but surface were no means disgraced. Palm Beach will go to next. We obviously. Yep. Spoke a little bit about that one, so we don't need to say too much. Cameron O'Leary, five goals. Tyler Cornish and Nick Rebelt both kicked three each. Um, a massive win, 118-point win, 22 149 to 4-7, 31 over Mount They've got some work to do, Mount Gravatt. Yeah, and I know, look, they'd lost a couple of players to the Lions um, reserves team, uh, which probably hurt them a little bit. Uh, but, you know, they're going to have ups and downs during the year, and I'm sure they'll bounce back. Another team a bit on the struggle street at the moment is Morningside, 6-9-45, losing to Wilson Grange, 9-9-63. Flynn O'Toole, did kick uh, three goals for Morningside, but Wilson Grange, that's a good bounce back after a loss to Noosa the week before, and they were without Matty Eagles Yeah, they were without Eagles. Apparently their NT boys, Bowles, and and a couple of others are sort of starting to gel and and warm to um, Queensland footy conditions. Um, And so they're, they're on the improve. Uh, I think they've won two. two. They're two from four at the moment. Two, yeah, so two and two. So, um, you know, they, they seem like they've definitely improved this year. So they'll be um, pushing for finals. Absolutely. Uh, Sherwood, another team just struggling a little bit at the moment. Four, six, thirty. Aspley turned it on. 23-12-150. Stackelberg, five goals. McCauley and Lonigan four for La- Aspley. And Sterling Mitchell kicked three for Sherwood out of their out of their four goals, yeah, which is look, not a bad effort. I know Sherwood are struggling a little bit from injury at the moment. Yep. I, I think um, they've got a few in the academy as well. They do. They've got. I think they've got six of their top ten from their BNF last season who are still at the club that are actually on the injury list at the minute. Yep. So obviously, when they start filtering back, um, that will help. Um, but obviously, a, a disappointing result for them yesterday. Noosa with Matty Lewenberger. That was a big surprise. It was. 7-15-57. For me, it was a surprise that they lost to Maroochydore, 11-11-77. But Maroochydore just showing they've still got something in the tank. Yeah, so Noosa, of course, were out were without uh, Bussy and uh, Mav Pettigrove. Yep. Um, out suspended from the previous week. So 
that really did hurt them because they've both been, um, you know, prime players. You know, Mav's been getting plenty of the ball and um, and, and Bussy's been pretty handy up front, up forward for them. So, uh, but from what I can gather, Maruchidor really did, you know, come out firing. Yep. You know, they, they had a, a physical approach to the game and, and were... In the end, they were just too strong in front of a very healthy crowd up at Noosa. I heard that they were, the place was rocking. Yeah, I was told. So in, look, in a vicinity of 1,500, maybe 2,000 people. So, uh, you know, that's, that's um, you know, always I, I must get up to one of those games. Well, um, I got the um, got the note about the President's Lunch, so from Rocky, so I'm definitely going up to one of those games as soon as I can. No doubt. And match of the round? Match of the round, um, Victoria, uh, Redland Victoria Point, 6 12 48, Broadbeach 10 11 71. We were both at this game. Um, I thought that Broadbeach set this game up in the first quarter, kicking into the wind and had a lead. They, they played a wonderful first quarter. And I think you mentioned to me yesterday that their third quarter, five goals to. Yeah, goals I think it was five goals to one or something in the third quarter. Kicking into the breeze. Um, just made sure that Victoria, Redland Bay, Victoria Point, Victoria Point really weren't in that game at all. And it, it may have flattered them, the 23 point margin, I think, too. Look, they kicked a couple of goals late in the game um, when, you know, the game was, you know, the result was, was beyond doubt. But, look, I think it's possible that a, there was a factor in the fact that Broadbeach had two pretty tough games earlier in, in the season, yep. whereas Vicky Point, uh, Redland Vicky Point, probably had, you know, f- some fairly convincing wins against perhaps some undermanned opposition to an extent. So, as as you mentioned, Rob, that first quarter when... You know the heat was on. Broadbeach were probably a, a bit tougher, uh, a bit cleaner, b- below the knees, um, and were able to um, use the ball really quite well. It was an impressive performance by the Cats. There's no doubt about that, and probably stamps them as as one of the premiership favourites early in the season. Tough conditions in that second half. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it was it, it, trying to kick to the far end from the canteen. As um, oh yeah, as good, we'll nice, <laughs> nice. I like the way you got that in. Um, it was funny because the, the the wind was sort of coming across the ground, but if players uh, sort of kicked to allow for the wind, it would just stay out there. <laughs> yeah. And then if they kicked straight at the goal, it would it would go off and miss to the left. Yeah. So those trees seem to sh- uh, sh- um, block the wind until it gets to about the goal square, and then the wind takes over again. Yeah, so it was very difficult. Yeah, so both sides were struggling with that. Um, you know, it probably wasn't so much an execution thing it was is more to do with uh, community football conditions yes absolutely now just a real quick look at the top four at the moment palm beach broad beach redland and aspley make up the top four lab oh sorry we've got a top five labrador uh, fifth and then maruchidor noosa and wilston grange are all just outside the top five on percentage so yeah but we do have a top six this year in the oh quarter. we do have a top six. Oh my god that is shocker all right. Well, let's because I'm gonna, I'm just going to skim over that then that I'm that I stuffed that one. And I started with the top four, but I don't know why I did that even. Um, the QAFLW, just some quick scores: Southport 12, 13.85, defeating Wilson Grange five behinds. What was the next game there, Brendo? Uh, so we actually had Aspley defeating Bond University. Bond's first loss for the year. Yep. Um, seven one forty three versus five four thirty four. So Aspley be very happy with that one. Cooperu would be happy with a win of Maruchidor as well, four six thirty to two six eighteen, and the University of Queensland. Uh, of course, we had uh, Ross, Ross. Yep. Last week, he'd be happy uh, with the seven four forty six defeating 
Yoronga South Brisbane, 2-7-19. Now, this is where there's a top four. This is where there's a top okay, four. Okay, Southport, undefeated, absolutely flying, percentage of 534 are on top. Um, University of Queensland have just had the draw. Is there any blemish? Aspley on three wins and Bond on two wins, a draw and a loss. Cooperu just outside the top four by half a game. So that's all getting quite interesting there. Um, we've got to talk about the tips. I'm shattered. Um, the tips from last week. Brenda, you got five out of six. That's pretty good, seeing though I didn't do it. I know. I know. I was certain. I actually offered Liam a few bucks if he chucked in a couple of dud tips, and he just looked at me and said, no chance, Rob. He's, he's all for his footy um, credibility. He, he's not gunning for the chair, is he, Rob? He's not gunning for the chair. I, I can't have him in the chair. He wore a suit, and it um, put me off a little bit. Um, but you got five out of six, which is fantastic tipping. I, for the third week running, got three out of six. So the lead has now gone to three points. Brendan's on 12, and Rob's on nine. So let's do the tips for this week. Labrador and Palm Beach. I'm going to tip Labrador in that game. Yep. Yep, I'm exactly the same. Redland point. Uh, Redland. Uh, Rob. Yeah. Need I remind you. Oh, Palm Beach. I'm tipping Palm Beach. Yes. That's when I get back on you. And do your best. Uh, Redland, Victoria Point versus Mount Gravatt. I think Vicky Point, Redland will bounce back. Yeah, I can't see that not happening. Aspley and Morningside. Aspley for mine. Aspley, easy. That's one I will agree with. Uh, Maroochydore and Wilson Grange. This could be a really good game. Oh, this. Up in Maroochydore. Yeah, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. Look, I think the home crowd might get Maroochydore over the line. And I'm tipping Maroochydore as well. I have to. I have to. Um, Noosa, I think, will beat Sherwood. Uh, yes, I agree with that one. Now, who are you tipping in the last game? Broadbeach and Service Paradise. On Sunday, by the way. Yeah, so... Everyone, anyone who's down the coast on Sunday? Yeah, so Sunday afternoon um, at Broadbeach. Always a big crowd for this game. It's it's an annual... Yeah. It's the annual game um, over this long weekend. Uh, so Broadbeach versus Surface. At the moment, you probably can't go th- past the form of the Cats. Right, now, I am tipping Broadbeach. I got... Um, sledged a little bit on the Facebook page for not for tipping against them every week. So this week I'm tipping Broadbeach, so I hope they bring home the chocolates. Our final segment, Brendo. Um, let's have a look. We'll do the Canteen Connoisseur first very quickly w- this week because um, we're running out a bit of a time, to be honest. But um, Redlands Canteen was absolutely fantastic. I went there. How good was it? That they put up a, a um, price guide on their Facebook page a day before I got there. Yeah, look, they must have been listening to the podcast. Um, Nick claims no, <laughs> but Nick had a twinkle in the eye when he told me that. I think that they knew the Canton Connoisseur was coming, and I think they thought, let's just let's just piggyback this and um, make it a big day. And it must have been a big day because I'll get to that in a second. But firstly, the variety, 8 out of 10 for the variety, solid um, my dad, I took my dad to the footy for the first time in 35 years to local footy and he had a great day, but he loved the coffee. He said the coffee was fantastic and um, Pauline there sorted him out with that. Um, pies, hot dogs, fresh to made sandwiches. I lo- I had a fresh to made sandwich Did myself. You as well? And I could even ask for the ingredients that I wanted on there. So I was I happy with that. I, all I, I've taken a couple of points off because I think they need, this is something I'm now pretty passionate about, they need a named menu item. Maybe like a shark burger or something like that. I don't know. Um, but 8 out of 10, it was, it was good. Value, um, 
12 bucks. It cost me three dim sims. They were steamed, which was nice. Can of drink and a fresh tomato salad sandwich, which was, yeah, I'll get to the quality bit in a second. Um, I gave that 8 out of 10 as well. The quality, steamed dim sims, you can't see it. It's not good for podcast thumbs up, but they get the thumbs up. Um, I put in there, I shared one with my dad, and he liked them that much. He went back and bought another lot of dim sims, so they must have been good. Uh, I might have been, Did had you? It, I had some sneaky dimmies oh, too. I love it, Brendo. I'm, I'm converting you. That's fantastic. Um, the sandwich was absolutely brilliant. So I give them a 9 out of 10 for the quality, which is pretty high. The service. Now, this you can't beat. I give them a 10 out of 10 for the service. Pauline looks after that canteen. That canteen is the primary way that the club raises money. All the profits from the canteen go back to the club. And she does an outstanding job. My, as I said, my father thought it was fantastic that he could ask for the super strength coffee and all the rest of it. And she looked after him. And the fresh tomato sandwiches, you just can't go past it. So 10 out of 10. 35 out of 40, absolutely great day at Redland Bay. So that leaves us with one thing to do, and that is um, what we're looking forward to this week. Yes, Rob. So I'm actually looking forward to being able to go to Quaffle on both days of the weekend. Yeah, that's cool, isn't it? It is. It doesn't so, happen often. So I'll be off at uh, up at Cook Murphy, Labrador versus Palm Beach on Saturday. That's probably the match of the round, so I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah, and I'm looking to st- the State of Origin coming back. Have you heard the State of Origin's coming back? Look, we don't talk rugby league on this. No, 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 no. State of Origin, State of Origin canteens. So I am, I'm heading down to Sydney. I'll say I'm taking my wife away for a nice weekend, but really the Lions are playing down in Sydney, and I saw it as a great opportunity. So I won't be able to get to a Queensland one. So I'm going to find a game in New South Wales on Saturday, close to the CBD somewhere. University or somewhere like that, and I'm going to go and um, do a bit of a review, a state of origin review on their canteen. Will you don the shirt? 100%. I don't the shirt. I look, man, I'm not going to lie to you. I just don the shirt going down the street, mate. It's, um, I love it. But um, no, that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, so look, thanks, Brendo, for coming in um, on this Anzac Day weekend. And thanks to Anne Cornish for being our, our guest for this week. Yeah, thanks to Anne. Um, once again, thanks to our sponsors, which is Platinum Standard Grading, who grade and encapsulate trading cards, and also One of One Sports Memorabilia, um, who look after making keepsakes for your kids' football careers as well. So we'll look forward to bringing you episode nine next week. Have a great uh, week in footy and go all the Queensland teams. This podcast is brought to you by Platinum Standard Grading. The future of grading has arrived.